Welcome to Life of a Skinny Fat Girl, hosted by Katrina Tidwell. Um, but my friends call me KT. And I'm here to talk about all things mental health. I had uh, weight loss surgery four years ago on June 30th. And that's when I really started my mental health journey. So I hope you enjoy my podcast. Thank you for listening. And here we go. All right, so I told you you I was going to drop two of these uh, in the same day since I was behind. I guess I'm not behind, you know. I'm not on some, anyone else's schedule. I'm just on my schedule. But, you know, uh, one of the things about uh, doing this podcast that I wanted to commit to was commit to really seeing it through. I've been talking about it for a long time. So when I said I was going to do things every two weeks, I really wanted to make sure that I stuck to that. And, you know, if you listened to the prior episode, you heard the reason why I did not stick to that. But um, we're going to get into that a little bit later on, or uh, we'll talk about that some more. But really, um, ending the conversation from my last podcast, I was talking about you know, my drug addiction and, and, and understanding that, you know, you can change, you, you know, once you make a mistake, just being accountable for it. And that's how you really make the change. That's how you know that you'll never do that again, or that if you do that again, you can, you can always fix it and feeling empowered to be able to do that. So one of the things that I wanted to, the reason why I started down that road on my last episode was because over the last like month and a half, two months, uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time talking to my friends and family and different people. And one theme has continued to come up over and over again. And I touched on this when I was in Big Bear and I talked about feeling like a victim and empowering people to not feel like victims. And one of the things that I, I wanted to elaborate more on in that space was was that victim mentality. I thought about it a lot and, and talked about this a lot with my therapist about, you know, feeling like a victim. And, and really not, here's the thing that's funny about it is no one says, oh, I feel like a victim, you know, unless they were like robbed or, you know, somebody beat them or stole something from their house. But in your life, when you're talking about your personal relationships with other people and how you feel, no one really verbalizes it a lot of times to say, I'm a victim of this person or I'm a victim of what they're doing or saying or how they're treating me. But what, what's, what's really funny about it is the way you behave can is, is what makes you a victim. The way you react to it, the way you excuse it, the way you put blocks in front of yourself to be able to get out of the situation, um, those are all things that can make you a victim even though you might not realize that's what you're doing. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit more because uh, I know that, that that's kind of a, I would say, I would think that people would probably think that's kind of controversial because part of being, um, 
a grown-up and uh, a, su- a successful, mentally um, strong person is to be accountable for what you, what, what you do and you say. And, but a lot of times people don't talk about being accountable for what you allow to happen around you. And what I mean by that is, you know, I, I know I talked about, you know, I've talked about my past and growing up and, and the abuse, the mental, physical, emotional abuse that I suffered. I'm sorry I say that so blase, like it's not a big deal. It's just I've kind of owned what it is and I'm past it now. So I, I, I do my best to not allow that to impact my life in a negative way. But the reason why it did impact my life in a negative way is I really did start to play the victim role with myself. No one made me a victim. I made myself a victim. I made excuses for why I couldn't make changes in my life that were going to make my life better. I always had a reason. I always had a reason why things couldn't change. So... You know, oh, you know, I love him so much, you know, with my husband. You know, there was things that didn't go right in our marriage at at times. And I would just be, well, I'm going to sacrifice myself. And I'm going to, you know, not make a big deal here. And I'm just going to deal with these these negative behaviors because, you know, I love him. And I I don't want to, I just want him to change. I just want him to be different. Uh, you know, uh, my relationships with others. There were times where I said yes to things that I didn't want to do. You know, I, I, I sacrificed myself um, and, and did things that I didn't want to do, I didn't feel like doing or, or, or didn't believe in because I, that person wanted it and that's what they wanted and I wanted to make them happy. So what I realized... And I think what a lot of people don't realize and why I'm talking about this subject is you, when when you choose to do something that you don't want to do, it's a choice. It's not, it's, you're not a victim. Whenever you have the opportunity to make a choice, a victim is someone who isn't able to make choices they are put in a situation where they didn't have any decisions. No, no decision point was allowed. There wasn't anything that they could do to make a different decision to, to avoid that outcome. When you, are, when you have the ability to make a different decision, you're not a victim. It's a choice, and you're choosing either your mental health, your mental stability, your, um, your happiness, your, your future, whatever it is, to, you're choosing not to put your feelings first, and you're choosing to put that other person's feelings first, and that doesn't make you a victim, doesn't make you a martyr, doesn't make you a good person necessarily, um, it just, you know, and then I think a lot of people don't want to own those decisions it's easier to say, well, I, they made me do it. I didn't feel I had the, you know, I, I didn't feel I had the ability to, to do something different. And really all, all, the, all it is is you're just afraid of the consequences. You're either afraid, afraid to have the conversation. You're either afraid to confront 
that person and tell them how you really feel. You're afraid of the outcome of, of the decision that you're making for yourself. I think this is, in, in society, one of the things that, since I've been going to a therapist and since I've really been um, walking around woke, that's what we call it, that's what I call it, um, that's when I say we, me and my therapist, that's what we call it, is I'm, I'm woke now. Um, when I walk around and I talk to people over the last few weeks, um, and some of you might listen to this and be like, I know she's talking about me. I probably am, and, and, I, and I, well, it's not probably, I, I am talking about you, but I also told you this directly, so just remember that. But when I, you know, when I've been thinking about this is no one is a victim and you have to get past the fear. You just have to make the decision. It's okay to make a decision that's better for you than someone else. I think society has had us thinking, you know, that it's selfish or that you're a bad person or that, you know, you should always think of the greater good of everyone else over you. And I just don't subscribe to that anymore. I don't believe in that. And I don't believe that anyone who loves you believes that either. I think people who really want to have a true and honest relationship with you as a person, they will understand when you say, I don't want to do this. Um, I don't feel like I want to be here. This is, not the, this is not the way I want to live. This is not the action that I want to take. Whatever, the case, whatever it is, um, yes, does it always feel good? Uh, no, it, it doesn't always feel good. Are those conversations hard? Absolutely. I've had a lot of hard conversations in the last four years with people that I love um, where I've had to set boundaries and, have to, and had to say, you know what, this is just not going to work for me. The way this is going, this is not an option for me. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a decision I want to make. Uh, I have to choose myself first. And, you know, some people accepted it. Some other people, I'm sure, didn't. Uh, but you're not a victim if you have a choice. That's what it really comes down to. If you have a choice and you choose to sacrifice how you feel because of someone else, what you can't do or what you shouldn't do is cry about it in a sense that you know you're you don't feel empowered because that decision wasn't what what was your empowerment the fact that you chose to give it up um that doesn't make you a victim so i really wanted to get that out that was one thing that was important for me to talk about on this podcast and, and go a little deeper into the victim how i see you know myself and others and when they, when they give me this, I, you know, they feel trapped or they, they don't know what to do or, you know, they feel like someone's treating them or mistreating them or not considering their feelings. No one has to consider your feelings. That's not a rule. It's not one of God's Ten Commandments. It does say love thy neighbor, but it doesn't say sacrifice yourself for them. I can love you and not sacrifice myself for you. 
um, I don't think those two things go together or have to be, you know, they're, they're, they're not um, married. They're not, they don't, you don't have to have both. I can love you and, and, and do something different than you. And in fact, you know, that has, that has been how I've lived my life for the last four years. And I can tell you I'm the happiest I've ever been because I do make decisions for myself and I do put myself first um, almost all the time. I mean, your kid's a little bit different, right? Like, you know, my son, <laughs> I love my son. Um, my son, you heard him at the end of last episode. Uh, you know, he is my everything. He is my angel. He is the person that God sent down to, to make me a better person. So for him, you know, they, I will make some different choices and, and not necessarily put my happiness first. But in, in all other relationships that I have, uh, you know, if it comes down to me or you and, and, and my happiness um, is going to be compromised in a, in a really severe way, yeah, uh, you know, no offense to any of my friends out there, but I'm not going to choose you. I just can't. Uh, I have to be happy. I have to be able to look at myself in the mirror and get up in the morning and feel good about the person that I am and the things that I've chosen to do and the life that I'm leading. So I hope this helps someone out there. I hope someone hears what I'm saying. I'm hoping that what I've said isn't convoluted and isn't confusing. Um, but just please, please be kind to yourself. But also please note that you don't have to not choose you. You don't have to um, live in this, this society this this world that society's put on that everyone's selfless and you should be selfless and that that makes it better. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at with that subject. Another thing that I wanted to talk about was just overall um, making better lifestyle choices for yourself. You know, I talked about my drug addiction. I talked about the reason why. I was late on my podcast because I had quite a bit to drink and, uh, you know, was hungover and wasn't able to, to, to do my podcast on the schedule that I had chosen. And all of those types of decisions, you know, the, it, it's one thing to go out and have a good time and, and have a few drinks or, you know, hang out with friends and all that stuff. But when you start getting into anything that you do excessive, alcohol, eating. For me, eating is probably the thing that's the most out of, the hardest for me to control. Um, that is how I do the most damage to myself, is eating, overeating, um, making bad food decisions, um, controlling my emotions with food. I've struggled a lot with that over the last few weeks. Um, uh, definitely the last six months, I eat when I'm stressed. You know, I, I've got a job that I love. Um, I'm a project manager, process manager, and uh, I, I love what I do, um, but I've been working on a very large project. Uh, it's actually starting to wind down, and part of the impact of that project has been my eating habits have 
really gone off the rails as far as when I eat, um, how much I eat, but mainly what I eat. Uh, and, you know, that's food addiction is, is, the, is the addiction that I still struggle with on a daily basis. And I think a lot of people, you know, that don't have a food addiction don't really understand how that works. Um, but I can tell you every day I think about food in a completely different way than I think other people do. And what I mean by that is I might be all right all, you know, all day, but something bad happens or something good happens. And that's the thing about food addiction. It's not even something bad. How I celebrate good stuff is with food. How I celebrate bad stuff is with food. How I, um, you know, punish myself sometimes with food, either not eating it or eating it. Uh, I have a very, very strange and uh, unhealthy relationship with food. I really wish that I could just never eat again sometimes because it just spending a lot of the time thinking about it. Uh, I'll never forget when I had weight loss surgery after the surgery, I went through a really severe depression. It was really, really bad. It's the wor it was the worst that I'd ever been through my whole entire life. And I remember thinking, you're, you're losing weight, you know, at a rapid, weight, rapid um, rate. I was um, having more energy. Uh, every, you know, I was getting a lot of compliments. We'll talk about that. That was so uncomfortable. I was getting a lot of compliments. Everybody was very encouraging. Um, I was, you know, you would think that I would be feeling great. And, and actually, I felt horrible. I, um, my emotions were all over the place. Um, my hormones, they say your hormones get impacted by, you know, having the, after you have the surgery. But the loss of food, I mourned the loss of food the ability to only eat eight ounces of food at one time um, damn near crushed me. And that's when I really realized, you're in trouble, Katrina. You really, you really are addicted to food. I never saw myself as a food addict prior to that. Even though I would eat whole meals on the way home and then eat dinner again, um, even though I knew I would binge eat, um, I would look forward to certain foods on the weekends. I would plan to have certain foods. Um, I never really saw me, myself as a food addict until after weight loss surgery. And then it really, really hit me. And I spent a lot of time there um, just crying and upset and, and wishing I had never had the surgery on one hand, but then on the other hand, thanking God that I had had the surgery because, you know, I don't know where I would have been if I had not. And so over the last couple of weeks, um, I've really been looking in the mirror. I'm, I'm up three sizes from my lowest size after I had surgery. Yes, you can't gain back your weight. You can eat around 
the um, the restriction. It's actually pretty easy to do. Um, a lot of people do it. I've gained back about 40 pounds from my lowest weight, which is, you know, at times really, really frustrating because I had major surgery. And I remember before the surgery saying, oh, I'll never, you know, I see these people who, who don't make it and, or they gain back the weight or they do all of these things. And uh, that won't be me. And then here I sit. Um, with that extra 40 pounds on me. So one of the things that I've, I've, the reason why I'm talking about this right now on this podcast is like, this is my way of setting the, is, of like resetting my mind. I've been looking at a lot of the pictures as I was setting up this podcast. I was looking at a lot of the pictures from when I was at my lowest weight and I look so happy in, uh, not that I'm not happy now, but I, uh, but eventually I got to a happy place, and I really want to get back there. Not because of the size, or not because uh, I, I can't be happy at this weight, but I just, I just feel like um, I can do more. I could do better, and more than anything, that once I got out of that severe depression, lasted about three months. But once I got out of that, three, six months, something like that, once I got out of that, I felt more in control of my food addiction than I ever had. And so one of the things that I'm committed to do uh, is to get back to controlling that, understanding the food addiction, understanding the choices that I make, and understanding how that negatively impacts me. So take this as my commitment to you, to myself, uh, putting it on a recording. I'm going to listen to this. Uh, I'm going to give myself some motivation. I hope that you guys reach out and motivate me uh, and remind me of, of, of this promise that I'm making to myself today. But I am going to lose this 40 pounds plus some and not because I want to aspire for a different size or anything like that, but just because I, I, I want to get to a better place than I am right now with food and my food addiction. It's really the last thing for me to conquer. I've conquered a lot of things in the last couple of years, and this is the, this is the last one, and, and it's the one that's going to be the hardest. So... Thank you for listening. I love all of you, and uh, let's get it done. Let's get on this journey. Hello, hello, hello. This is uh, the end of the Life of Skinny Fat Girl podcast. Um, this is Cordell coming at you from the Tidwell Enterprises. Um, my mom, KT, just got done with one of another great episode of her podcast. And just want to thank you guys for coming out and listening. And uh, just continue to keep listening on. We'll keep giving you guys info and everything and just uh, everything that's going on in our lives. To Will Enterprises, thank you guys.